Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. The Bible talks about carnality or carnal mindedness or fleshly minded. This is what it means. It means sense and reasoning without, everybody say without, the influence of the Holy Spirit. That means that I approach things in life without any grace. Grace is God's influence. I don't have his influence on my thoughts. I don't have his influence on my emotions. I don't have his influence on my actions. So I approach it every aspect in life without that influence. And when I do so, I, I push away the grace of God, the influence of God, and I begin to think that I know what I'm doing. I want to tell you one of the greatest mistakes, and this happens to a lot of times even to people that go to church often, we don't realize that we can operate as carnal, carnal, carnal believers. Here's what I mean by that. You can believe on Jesus and still not change the way you think. Okay? You have to consider yourself crucified on that cross. Now, I know we, we consider Jesus but the Bible tells us we got to crucify our flesh. That means our sense and reasoning without the influence of the Holy Spirit. You have to crucify it. So that means you've got to subject yourself to discipline. That went really big. Okay. The Holy Spirit is there to correct you as much as he is there to instruct you. But he's also there to instruct you as, there, as much as he's there to correct you. If, let me put it this way. Most people don't like that correction. My flesh don't like it. Yours don't either. How many of you enjoyed getting a spanking? Oh, that problem, you've never had one. Okay, okay. This generation, the younger generation has no idea what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. I've never enjoyed correction. I have never found any place that the Bible says it's not joyous. It's not joyous. Nobody jumps up down and says, bring it home. Give me some more of that. Nobody does. But the Holy Spirit is there to correct you. He's your guide into truth. And if you're going to make the transition... From, the, from bondage to freedom, you're going to have to go through this process. Wow, I'm kind of getting ahead, way ahead of myself. There are two types of systems that are in operation in the earth today. A system, and listen carefully, I'm going to put it in simple terms because we went over this and I... But I, I want to make sure you understand, when I'm talking in a vein, I, I want us to get on the same page. You follow? So I'm going to rehearse this in your mind just a little bit. A system 
is really nothing more than a method of operation. Now, it can be disorganized. It can be confused. In fact, there are two systems that are in the earth today. There is the old creation system, or what we'd call the kingdom of darkness. That system is confused, full of hypocrisies. It is, it is uh, based on lies. And the source by which the devil set it up was through fallen human nature. It's in operation today. And it's, it's really about a dog-eat-dog world. Okay? It is very self-centered. The love of God does not flow in it. Listen carefully. The love of God does not flow in that system. It's based on fear. Everybody say fear. fear. What have our society been... This, uh, uh, it's been going through since the fall of Adam... This is nothing new. What this generation has faced the last couple of years is nothing new. It's just magnified because of the culmination of the ages. You follow? When it first started out, you may have only had, uh, you know, maybe half an acre of corn. Let's put it like that. But now we're at the end of the, culmin- at the end of the ages, and what happens is now is we don't have a half an acre of cornfield. You got hundreds of thousands of acres of corn. You follow the difference? You, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's magnified, okay? That system is in operation. That's why it's very important to comprehend some things the body of Christ has got to comprehend. We've got to comprehend this. If you don't, then you're going to think this is business as usual, and this is what you're going to think. Well, I want to go, we want to go back to, uh, to uh, normal. Normal was not normal. You follow? And that system is based on confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Our politics have been confused. Our financial system has been confused. Our medical system is confused. There's conflict there. Uh, uh, our, uh, our education system is confused. It's totally based on confusion and, and, and believing a lot. Listen, if I believe a partial truth, what does make the other part be? What is the other part? If, if it's only partial truth, what is the other part? A lie. Understand this because when you understand it, the devil quoted scripture. He quoted scripture out of context to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness. The spirit of truth was not a hold of the devil when he tempted Jesus. Y'all understand that, right? It was a spirit of deception. Now, there was some truth in it. Go study it out, Luke chapter 4. That system is in operation today. 
And it is called worldliness or the world system. It has a set of laws that govern it. Every system has a set of laws that govern it. Okay? A law is based upon a principle, and that principle is based upon a truth. Now listen very carefully. It's based upon a truth. The truth uh, of it is, if you believe the lies of the devil, you're going to be governed by fear. Okay? Because fear brings torment. The devil is there to torment you. He's, he's not there to help you get ahead. Stop right here, right here, right here, right now. What Christians don't realize. Do you know that in Scottsdale, Arizona right now? They are having a satanic convention right now. What are they wanting to do? Release this fear upon this generation. How many of you heard that this week? Just one or two. It's about time the church wake up. There's a whole lot going on besides you just going to work on Monday morning. So I want you right now, we have authority over that spirit. Every attempt in the name of Jesus, we declare it. Say every attempt in the name of Jesus that the devil uses to try to destroy this generation... We have authority over. We bind it, and it will not flourish in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You have authority over that. But guess what? You got to operate in another system. Okay. Devil, whatever you plan is going to come to naught. Okay. There's another system, and I don't want to emphasize that system so much. Because we've all contended with it. We were born into it. David says we were born and shapen in iniquity. That doesn't mean that his parents were committing adultery. What it means is the nature of sin. Everybody with that? Every one of us was born into the nature of sin physically. And our spirits were born dead. We didn't understand that because we were in a state of innocence as a child. Then you start getting into the, isn't it interesting you don't have to teach a child how to throw a fit? It's interesting, isn't it? How to be selfish, how to be self-centered. You don't have to teach that because it's the nature that you were born into. Just being born into the earth. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. What does he mean that you must be born into another system? Jesus came so you could be born again. So what does that mean? We were born physically, but our spirits were dead to God. Jesus came now so that we could be born again into another system called the kingdom of God. That kingdom is not full of chaos, hypocrisies, lies, or deceit. 
It's, it's, it's based upon truth. Abs- you know what truth is? It's absolute. In other words, there's truth is truth. There's no variance in it. It's based on truth. God's going to deal with you truthfully. But he's going to deal with you in love. That kingdom is built on love. Love is the ruling law that sets this kingdom in order. Now listen very carefully what I'm fixing to say here. Pay attention. We're not talking about our love for God. For years I hear, I talk about, you know, love. Well, we ought to, we ought to love one another. Well, you can't love one another if you're not born again. You, you will attempt to. You'll have, you'll have attachments. But you, you can't really know what love is. Because love is not emotion. It's the person of Jesus. It's the nature of God. Okay. That system, the, the, the new creation system, or what we call the kingdom of, of, of God, or the kingdom of light, if you want to put it like that, that system is governed by the number one law, which is the law of love. Now, there are other laws that support that and bring about uh, that that law. Not that love needs to be supported, but it flows out together. You follow what I'm saying? How many of you know that there are laws of the universe, right? Y'all do know that, right? By the way, I just want you to know there will be no climate change until the sun is blotted out. If you can stop the sun from shining, then there'll be climate change. Man can't stop the sun from shining. That's the reason why the devil can't put out the church. Okay. We got to understand this law of love. We're going to talk about love for a little bit. And and the reason why I'm saying it is because it's too big of a subject. So we begin to understand we have to receive Love. God so loved that he gave. That's quite the contrary to the nature and the character and the laws that govern the old nature, the old system. God so loved that he what? He gave. Giving is God's nature. Now, hold on to your wallet. We're not taking a second offering. Because everybody get, gets giving in the area of money. That's not what we're talking about. It includes it. But if that's all you see in it, you are, you're falling prey to the old system because the love of money in that system is the root of all its evil. In other words, it's misplaced love. Everybody with that? 
in the, the new creation system, love is the dominant force. And when that dominant force operates in you, listen carefully what I said, in you. Once it, you have to receive it first before it can operate through you. And when we allow that, that love to operate, or, 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 or when we get full of the love of God and that's, that, that force operates through us, then it changes what we do, how we feel, our attitudes, our actions. It changes every aspect of our life. We're not what we used to be under the old creation. Does that make sense to you now? The key is making our spirits alive. The love of God sent Jesus, gave Jesus at the cross so that it could reach us and cause our spirits to be reborn. In doing so, it therefore qualifies us now to be filled with another power source and is referred to what, what I was, we talked about last week, Christ or the anointing or the anointed one. It, this is what it says. And, and we, we touched it last week, Galatians chapter 6. If you, oversee, if you see someone overtaken in a fall, you which are spiritual, or what? Not carnal, but what? Spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourselves, and so fulfill... Listen carefully, the law of Christ. Now, how do we fulfill? Does God, he, he, he goes on there and tells us to bear one another's burdens. Does God want you to go around carrying the weight of everybody's problems on your shoulders? Is that what God wants you to do? No. I have enough problem carrying my own weight. That's why I'm thinning. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's not what he's talking about. The law of Christ is that the, you be, you're anointed. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Went about doing what? Good. Doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Let's put it another way. Jesus went about doing good, delivering those that were in bondage of the devil, right? Now, when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, he gives us a new spirit so he can fill us up with his nature, his character, his love, listen carefully, and his ability to do what? Go to the people that are in bondage and remove the burden. And destroyed the yoke. You follow? 
What would motivate us to do that is the love of God. Listen carefully. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed all that were sick. He was what? Moved with compassion. The love of God moved him. Did you get that? The love of God moved him. Jesus didn't think of himself at the cross. Are you listening? You were on his mind. You were on his mind. What moved him to pay that price was his compassion. Now listen very carefully. Have you ever heard of the passion of Christ? Love has passion. Now listen very carefully. Make sure you listen to me. I'm saying this with all gentleness. Sometimes we just misuse words. Trying to describe something, but we're trying to, with a carnal mind, describe an eternal truth about God. God does not drive you. Everybody hear that? You're not driven by love. You're led by God. I'm going to give you a big big key right here to help you comprehend that even more. Jesus is the great shepherd. How many of you heard Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me. He does what? He leads me. That means he does it first. Everybody with that? Too many people are looking at God as if he's trying to get you to do something that he himself doesn't do. He leads you. The love of God led Jesus to the cross. It didn't drive him. It led him. Are you following me? You are driven. You are, and what does a shepherd do? He gets in front of the sheep and leads them, right? We drive cattle. Notice he didn't describe his people as cattle. He described them as sheep. You're understanding what I'm talking about. Are you getting a, you're getting a picture? You see, when, when we're trying to put the love of God in something that the world, the world is driven, listen carefully, by lust, that that system calls love. Did you hear that? That system calls love is driven by lust. In God's creation, we're led. Everybody with me? You're led. Everybody say led. 
Because I, I want you to get that understanding. God is not going to force anybody to do anything, even though he has the ability to do it. Here's what he's going to do. He's just going to love them. He ain't going to love them till all the crap falls off of them. Or comes out of them. Let's put it <laughs> I could say this, he's going to love the crap out of you. Amen. But here's the, here's the point. He, he, he loves you. He, he deals with something on the inside. The, the, the kingdom of darkness deals on the outside and tries to force. It, takes, it strips all freedom. It's bondage. It's enslavement. The kingdom of God's not enslavement. It's quite the contrary. He says... You've not received the spirit of fear again unto bondage. But you have received the adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Are you listening? Glory to God. That ought to make you jump up off your seat. Glory to God. He doesn't force you. He doesn't force you. He intrigues you. No man can come unto the Father, listen carefully, except the Spirit of the Father draws him. Didn't say drive him. Didn't say drive him. Oh, man. Listen to what it says. We're not looking this up, but just listen to what it says. Romans 8, verse 2 says, The law of the Spirit life Listen to this, in Christ, the anointed life, in Christ Jesus, frees me from the law of sin and death. Frees me. Everybody say, frees me. Glory to God. You and I have been invited to live a a quality of life that is so superior to that other life. I don't know why we don't grasp it, but... The problem is, is an unrenewed mind. We don't let the mind of Christ change the way we think. You ought to be ever mindful of the anointed one and his anointing on you. And that means in everything you do. It's a lifestyle. It's the way you live. It's the way you were designed to live. God never designed you to be driven by anything. He designed you to be led. In fact, if you check it out before Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God would come down in the cool of the day, it says in the King James, which it really doesn't mean God only shows up when it's a certain temperature. It really means God showed up to visit. Everybody say visit. With Adam and Eve, commune with them, fellowship with them in the spirit wind. Did you hear that? In the spirit. Not external, in the spirit. That means the cool breeze of the day, God would show up and just commune with you. Now, if you'll get this, you'll understand your fellowship. The devil messed all that up 
through the fall of Adam and Eve. And he had to deceive Eve to do it. And then he had to get Adam to go along with the deception. And by the way, it was Adam's sin. Now don't, I'm not excusing you ladies because you had your part. It was Adam's sin that plunged all of humanity into the nature of that system. Thank God, Jesus, God, God had a plan from the beginning. Glory to God. Now God wants to fill you up to where he doesn't show up just when the trees ruffle. He shows up in your spirit to live and abide in you forever. It doesn't matter what day or time of day or what temperature is. In fact, I need him to show up when the temperature is hot at our house. Y'all let that one slip by. Good, good. I'm glad you let it slip by. Uh, (laughs) Okay. The law, I I want you to say this with me out out loud because I want you to get it. I want you to begin to say it to yourself. You need to be conscious of it. The reason why I want you to say it is because when you say something, you become conscious. Your spirit starts hearing your voice, not my voice. Say this with me. The law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus frees me from the law of sin and death. Okay. The love of Christ. I don't have time to go to all those verses, but there is, the, there is verses that say the love of Christ. So the law of the spirit life The law of Christ, the law of love are intertwined. The only way that you access it is through the law of faith in what Jesus has done for you. Now remember this. My dad used to make this statement many, many times. Salvation is not what you do for God. It's what God does for you. Now, if you, you need to understand that. Because if you don't, that's a profound statement. It takes some time to let it sink in. Too many times we think, well, I'm doing this for God. And you're mad about half the time you're doing it. Okay? If you're doing it for God, God don't want you to do anything for him. You're messing everything up. He wants you to do it with him. Okay? The, here's what we're trying to do. An unrenewed mind, and, and, and the Bible talks about the, the, the mind of Christ, anointed thoughts. Now, how many of you know that you got a lot of thoughts that run through your head? Most of them are not anointed. Some of you have some thoughts right now that are not anointed. Okay? They're not anointed. 
So the mind of Christ, what he's talking about is learn to think in line with the anointed one and his anointing. So that when you're confronted on earth with a situation, the anointing of Jesus now would operate through your decisions, attitudes, actions to remove the burden and destroy the yoke. You've been invited to a superior lifestyle than fallen human nature. But here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to tap into the power of the new creation with old way thinking. I'll say it another way. You're trying to play football with baseball rules. Today, we have the Super Bowls going to take place. The Cincinnati Bengals cannot win it if they go out there with a mentality of baseball rules. They can show up. They can, eat, they can even have talent. But if they go out there and apply the baseball rules to that football game, they're going to lose the game. Even though they're more, they could be more fit than the L.A. Rams. Are you following what I'm talking about? We got to understand that each system has a set of laws. And the law of love is the superior law in this new creation system. And it's God's love for us. Now listen very carefully. We cannot love one another unless we receive the love God has for us. You can't even, you don't even know how. Because the old system's love is all self-centered and full of hypocrisy. It's based upon lies. Those lies, once they're believed, begins to affect our attitudes, our emotions, the way we feel, the way we respond, and we don't even, God so loved that he acted. He didn't just, re, he didn't just respond, he was proactive. Okay? You ever heard of fight or flight? Well, God doesn't fight or flight. He predetermines the outcome, therefore he acts. That's the way the love of God works. God so loved that he gave. And guess when he gave? When you was mean and ugly and you didn't want him. Are you, are you, you see what I'm saying? Salvation was God's idea. And so we're over here trying to tap into the power source. And God says, you, you can't tap in it unless... You're going to operate in my eternal truths. And the first one is to step in to the law of faith. Now listen very carefully. 
We even get that wrong. The whole world system categorizes faith as nothing more than human confidence. In fact, we will pay thousands of dollars for someone to teach us to be self-confident. Oh my God. Every self-confident fool fails eventually. Boy, that good thing I'm not taking an offer now. I wouldn't get anything in it. <laughs> Self-confidence is the worst thing you could do. That's confidence in your fallen human nature. Now, I know that this is contrary to what most of us have been trained to understand, but I'm telling you, self-confidence is foolishness. Even the most self-confident fool is doomed to fail. It can only support itself long enough to make a master plan of failure. Ask me why I know so much. How many of you remember when you were younger, you were a self-confident fool? You was going to go conquer the world. You went out there and conquered the world, and you found out the world conquered you. Then I woke up one day, and I realized it's not the world I need conquering. It's me I need to conquer. Now we're talking some... Maturity here. Because self-confidence, that's what's going to happen today. Self-confidence is going to play the, 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 the football game today. In the Super Bowl. In which whatever these teams can, can be the most self-confident at the end of the buzzer is probably going to win. But guess what's going to happen? That doesn't guarantee them winning the Super Bowl next year. More than likely, they won't. Whoever wins this year, more than likely, won't win it next year. So what I'm saying is, self-confidence is nothing more than a fool's game. You better build your confidence on something that never loses. Your confidence should be in Christ. It should be in what he has to say because he never fails. He always, the Bible says he always causes us to triumph. And listen carefully what he says, in Christ. He didn't say he always caused you to triumph. That's not what he said. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. So if I'm over here and I'm going to church and I have an unrenewed mind... And I'm trying to play in the new creation. I'll put it this way. I'm trying to operate in the, in the power of the new creation. But I have an unrenewed mind trying to live my life under, under the law of sin and death. Guess what? I don't tap in to the life of the anointing. And because I don't, I don't triumph. That's how come we hit and miss it. Don't act like you've always got it together. Our pursuit is the life of Christ. 
having a renovating of our thinking, our attitudes. That's the power source. Now listen very carefully. My goodness. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read this, verse 6, and I'm going to read it out of the uh, Passion Translation. When you, let me get, when you, when you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision, that means that's the mark of religious practice, and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. Everybody say religious obligations does not benefit me. That's why people hate it. They think it's a waste of time. And they're right. You didn't know that I'd agree with them, did you? They're right. Religious obligations. That we do not pay our tithe. How many of you pay a mortgage? You know what mortgage means? Mortgage means death. Have you ever heard of mortuary? It's the same root word. And guess what you do? You pay that mortgage. You pay your rent. And you ought to. Everybody say, you ought to. Okay. We do not pay our tithe. That's an Old Testament word. As if we're going to extract it from you if you don't. See, if we paid our tithe here, we'd stand at the door and the ushers would say, "Uh, you can't leave until you put some money in here. And by the way, you better not be lying. It better be the tithe. (laughs) See, God doesn't do that. That was under the Old Testament. And the reason why it was under the Old Testament is to give a restriction. Listen carefully. They were not born again. They didn't have a new nature. So it was given as an external restraint until. Everybody say until. Until the law of Christ came. Until. Okay. We live in the New Testament. Jesus has come. And now we have received of his nature. Empowered by his spirit. And now we don't. We give our tithes. For God so loved that he gave. The reason why we give our tithe Is because we've received the love of God. We know, listen, we know that we can't out giving, but we're going to do our best to give. You understand what we're talking about now? Everything under the old covenant was given for restriction to point to Christ. So that we would externally Fulfill what was done internally. Now, did you hear what I just said to you? We would now do externally what was fulfilled internally. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, watch this. You were placed into the anointed one and joined to him. Circumcision and religious obligation can benefit you nothing. All that matters now, everybody say now. now. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say right now. All that it matters now is living in the faith. Watch this. In the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by his love. It's activated. Everybody say activated. activated. Now I do things because I'm confident in his love for me. Oh my God. Goodness. Say, I wish I could kick the chair out from underneath you. (laughs) Now I do things because I've received his love, and now it activates my confidence. I'm going to say it another way because these two words are interchangeable. It activates my faithfulness. I'm committed now to him with my life because I have received his life that he gave me. Are you, are you understanding? Now, nobody's got to stand over me and make me pay my tithe. Nobody. If none of you ever tithe, I'm going to tithe. Zone and I are going to tithe. We've received his love. And his love now has been the power source. And it's activated in me. And now it activates a faithfulness to me. If there's one thing this generation has not understood is faithfulness. And I'm talking about even the church. Because we have an old mindset trying to tap into a new power source of life we talk it we show up to church half the time with the attitude of it and we're trying to live in two different systems you know what I told years ago and I'm going to say it again today carnal minded Christians are the most miserable people on the planet because they're trying to straddle a fence And the reason, you know what I found out? I don't know if any of you have ever had to jump a fence or cross a fence. Most of the time I couldn't jump it. I wonder why. And so I'd try to cross it. And I don't know if you've ever done this or not. I have. Is get halfway across and my foot slips. Any, am I talking to anybody here today? I'm talking to everybody in through live stream. You see, you cannot live the life that's in Christ having an old way of thinking. And how many of you know to rethink something, to change the way you think is not necessarily the most comfortable process. You have to keep reminding yourself. Why do you think Paul the apostle and, and, and Peter says, 
I stir you up by way of remembrance. I stir you up by way of remembrance. So all that matters now, all that matters now is that I activate my confidence in his love. Not my love, his love. He loved me first when I was unlovable. Okay, are you, are you hearing me? So now my confidence is his love for me. There's one of the greatest uh, verses that you could confess over your life, particularly when you're by yourself. And a lot of times when we show up to church, we put on this thing as if we've never had these uh, inferiority feelings or anything like that. Which you're, it, that's, I'm, I'm glad you don't come with baggage in your thinking you want to receive from God. However, everyone in this room has gone through this. And if you, you say you haven't, you're lying like a dog. I promise you, you are. But you have these feelings of inferiority. You have these feelings of uh, insufficiency. One of the greatest verses of the Bible, and I have it written down. In fact, I wrote it down, and Zonita said it needs to be clearer, so she rewrote it, and she's got a pretty print. And it's stuck with a piece of paper right there on the mirror in the front bathroom. Not, not, not just our personal bathroom, in the front bathroom, where everybody else could see it too. Thank you, Lord, for the great love wherewith you have loved me and gave yourself for me. You need to be confessing that. Thank you for your great love. Wherewith you loved me. Can I help you to understand something? Pastor Ronnie sometimes, don't tell Pastor Zona, can be a stinker. Because if you get her in that conversation and you tell her that, she's going to think, you, you got, let me tell you. <laughs> I want to give you another verse in this same chapter. Two verses. Verse 22 and 23. This is powerful. Powerful. Message translation. If you go up before that, it talks about the works of the flesh, which we're not going to deal with. Y'all... And notice this, it's the works of the flesh. It's the what? Work. In other words, the whole system works on producing those things. Do you hear me? That whole system works on producing those things that are mentioned. And you go down there and look at them, and they're ugly stuff. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, drunkenness, murders, lying, cheating, stealing. All that kind of stuff. And he goes on to say that those that do such things are not going to enter into the new kingdom or the new system. They're not going to receive it. But we're going to concentrate on the good stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad he's changing. Verse 22. But the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. Do you know why a peach tree bears a peach? It's the nature of the tree. It ain't going to bear plums. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Produced by who? 
within your within uh, within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Watch this. These are the divine love, the varied expressions, the varied expressions. Okay? This is what they are. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart. And strength of the spirit. Never set the law above these qualities. For they are meant to be limitless. In other words, we can't take the law of good intentions. Good good deeds or religious obligation. And govern this fruit. Because it's not a work. It's a fruit. Say that with me. It's not a work. It's a fruit. Now you understand why God made it where you could have access in fellowship with him, spirit to spirit. Now it's born by the Holy Spirit, strengthened with the nature and the character of Jesus, the anointed one, to produce this in you so it just comes out. The problem is you're trying to keep your old mindset to produce this new fruit. And you're having confidence in your old mindset. And that nonsense is crept into the church. When you need to have confidence in yourself, you need to believe in yourself. Listen, I believed in myself and failed every time. Quit believing in yourself. Start believing in Jesus. Start believing his word. Start believing what he did for you. There's where you're justified in receiving the power source that produces a lifestyle that is superior to anything you could ask or think. Let me give you this last part. Glory to God. How many of you have a vacuum cleaner at home? Now, why did you buy that vacuum cleaner? You bought it because it needs to do some vacuuming. You bought bought it because it was of what it was going to do to clean your house. Is that right? Turn to your neighbor and say, your house needs cleaning. Now, watch this. Now, this is important, and and, and I'm doing the best I can do to wrap this up, but I, I want you to get this understanding. You take it home, pull it out of the box, and whoa, it's bright and new and shiny and all that kind of stuff. And the manufacturer built this. He built this piece of equipment to enhance you to have a clean house. Is that right? You take it out of the box, you're all excited. Man, now we got them where you don't have to do anything but just plug them in, they do the, all the work themselves, right? 
Okay, all right. And so you, you, you set it there. You sit in your rocking chair and say, man, they, my house is going to be clean now. You sit in there in your chair. It's going to be clean. How come you ain't cleaning? Get on the phone and curse the manufacturer. You told me that this is going to help me keep my house clean. It ain't done nothing. Ain't done a single thing. And you told me this was going to clean my house. You told me this is going to help me live a better lifestyle at home. And you have no clue. What do you think God did in the Old Testament? He manufactured something that could produce you living the high life. But there's no power source to it. It wasn't until you figured out after calling the manufacturer that you got to have that thing plugged in. Everybody say plugged in. Got to have it plugged in. And it's amazing the response of that vacuum cleaner once it's plugged in. It's amazing. Kind of felt some power source. You see, what I'm saying to you is the power source is the life of Christ and it is based upon, the life of Christ is based upon God's love for you. And until you get plugged into it, I can set up all the boundaries. I can set up all the things that supposed to happen, but they won't happen until there's life in the machine. There has to be some life force in the machine that causes it to produce what it was originally designed for. And many Christians think that Jesus came to do away with the law. He did not. He said, I came that that law might be fulfilled in you. But if you're trying to, with a dead spirit, manufacture, it has no power source. The whole purpose of Jesus coming was to give you a new spirit so his spirit could live in you and be the power source to perform the quality of life that he was talking about in the Old Testament. How many times he told the children of Israel? In fact, he stood over and weeped over the, uh, the city of Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long would I have gathered you as a, as a hen gathers it brew, but you wouldn't do it. Why wouldn't they do it? They didn't have the power source. We got the power source now. The power source, I don't pay my tithe anywhere. I give it freely. I give it now because there's life in me. I give it now not because I have to do anything by being driven uh, out of fear, I do it now because I'm led by his love. You understand what I'm talking about? Oh, man, I got to hurry this up. 
Guys, you need to learn from this. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. By the way, we don't even understand Valentine's Day. It has nothing to do with romance. Although you can make it romance. Uh, I, I noticed this a few years back. And it, call, it took, took me, you know, years to get off of my selfishness to understand this. Zona once in a while will ask me, say, Ronnie, will you get me a glass of ice water? You get me, you know. And what if I go in there and say, I always got to do this. You always, you always, you, 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 you. And I'll never forget one time she did this. She asked me for a glass of iced tea. And I went and got it, and I said, why don't you get it yourself? I went ahead and got it, set it down right there, and she wouldn't drink it. And I said, how come you ain't drinking tea cup? I don't want it. Listen carefully. That's exactly the way we do God. He has to do something. We balk, mulk, fuss, gripe, murmur, complain. You know why we're doing it? Because we're trying to do it out of the works of the flesh that's under bondage to the law of sin and death. We're not led by his spirit in love. God wants you to do things now with him. And it took me a while, you know, my lightning fast pea brain finally picked up on it. My life is going to be so much sweeter, so much sweeter. We're, not, we're going to have some of the fruits of that spirit in my household, in my marriage, when I, by love, serve her. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. She is going to be more patient with my shortcomings. We're going to have some joy in the house. They're going to be dancing in the house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. She's going to be some long-suffering when I leave uh, uh, the cap off the toothpaste. When I, by love, serve her. Do you follow what I'm saying? You, you, you understand the difference now? Well, the same thing is true with God. Most uh, carnal-minded Christians are so miserable trying to live for God. Oh, it's just such a hard life. Living for God so hard. It's because you're trying to live God out of your own carnal reasoning. Living for God's easy when you're full of his love for you. It's very hard because the standards are so high. It's just like some people today, and it could apply to somebody. When God says to forgive, bless God, you just don't know what they've done to me. Huh? You just don't know what they've done. Everybody always says, you just don't know what they've done. As if God don't know what they've done. And God says, forgive them. Now listen. And you're over there and me, we're over here trying to forgive somebody out of our carnal reasoning. And that is hard stuff. That's hard. And we're struggling and straining. Well, bless God. Well, forgive them by faith. 
You can't forgive them by faith. Because you've got faith in your confidence. Self-confidence. Woo, shout me down. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That's why Jesus says, forgive them as I have forgiven you. My love forgave you. When we have unforgiveness is what we need to pray. Fill me full of your love. Just fill me so full of your love I can't help but forgive them. See, when you're so full of God's love, listen very carefully. When you're so full of God's love for you and you realize what he's done for you and you're so full of his love, it's not hard to forgive. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? And guess what? You don't even think about it no more. But when you're over there with your carnal reasoning trying to forgive them, you're trying, you're trying to justify by your religious obligation. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to forgive you anyway. And I'm going to do my best to remind you I forgave you. Does God do that to you? He doesn't do that to you, does he? When he says, I forgive you, son. I just forgive you. And then when you try to remind him that he forgave you, and he says, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Now, I've added the heck to it, all right? He says, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're forgiven. You see what I'm talking about? Some of you right now, and I'm going to close with this because some of you need ministering to right now. I know that this applies to all of us. If you're not going through this right now, just remember, Holy Ghost, bring it back to our remembrance. Some of you have been struggling with dealing with some of the people you love. That you care about. And that's the ones that the devil's going to jerk your chain over. Let God so fill you full of his love and compassion. That forgiving them will be easy. Quit struggling over it. You will never by your own strength be able to do what God said to do. God never intended you to do it without him. He intended you to be dependent on his burden-removing, yoke-destroying ability to destroy the struggle and release that person and love them. That's the reason why so many Christians have loved ones that won't come to Jesus or they they're, they're, have a hard time because you haven't learned how to love. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm still having to work on it. I'm preaching on a level to get you and I to a level of maturity. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
Paul the apostle made this statement. He said, when I was a child, I spake like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now listen very carefully. Being childlike and being childish are two different things. They're not the same. Childishness is immaturity. And God is saying, as long as you and I stay in carnal reasoning without the influence of the Holy Spirit on our our way of thinking, we're going to remain childish. And God said, this generation has got to see the church mature. We have to mature. That means we got to put away childish things. Childish attitudes, childish talk, childish walk, childish desires. Your life, listen carefully, your life, your life is not your own. You are to identify with the life of Christ. And as long as you try to hang on to your life, you'll never tap into the power source of his life. That's why Jesus said, you lay down your life, you lose it. If you won't lay down your life, then guess what? If you won't fall on the rock and be broken, then the rock's going to fall on you. That's the reason why I can't stand that phrase, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. If you're saved by the influence of God, you ain't an old sinner no more. You have a new life. I can't hang on to the way I used to think. Can't hang on to the old hang-ups I had. I had to grow up. I got to put away those childish things. I got to become a man in Christ Jesus. Are you following me? I got to be, you got to become ladies. You got to become, you got to become women that are in Christ Jesus. Are you following me? Glory to God. I got to stop right there. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. Glory be to God. Right now, if you just lift your hands to Jesus, we're going to take about 60 seconds. Just lift your hands. Is letting him know you're surrendering to him. Glory to God. We surrender to you right now, Jesus. We're tired of taking our strength and trying to produce something that only your ability could produce through us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, anyone that's in the sound of my voice that's been struggling with some issues and how to deal with with others. Father, I thank you right now that your love right now would just saturate them. Just saturate them with your your love. Let the reality open the eyes of our understanding 
about your love for us. Your great love wherewith you loved us. Gave yourself for us. Even while we were against you, you even died for us. Oh, the power of your love. Glory be to God. Never fails, never comes up short. It's always trustworthy. You never lead us astray. Father, we thank you right now for your love right now, just saturating, saturating our consciousness. You so love that you gave. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know him, just receive his love. Let his love flood your heart. He's not angry with you. He's entreating you right now in the name of Jesus. Just open your heart and let his love flood your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Your job is just to believe on him. Trust on him. Glory be to God. We praise you. Would you just stand to your feet, please? Father, we thank you right now. As we get ready to leave this place today, we thank you for your wonderful grace. It surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, that you help us to hear your voice, the voice of another we won't follow. Thank you for your angels watching over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. Thank you, sweet Jesus, that you've given us your name to use, which we invoke right now. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, as we leave this place today to go into our daily activities today, tomorrow, throughout the week, so fill us full of your love that every person we come in contact with, your love just oozes out from us to touch them. Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.